The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It's another episode of The Points. In the Pain Podcast, we got Ben Wittenstein. And you got Zach Badger House in the house. We are excited. We hope everyone's been enjoying the playoffs. I know, Zach, you and I have been enjoying the playoffs. And people listening obviously can't see, but I am wearing my Luca and Kawhi t-shirt that I got over All-Star Weekend last year in Chicago. And it's very near and dear to my heart. And we saw an incredible series between Luca yes, and did. Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi playing like the, or Luca, I should say, playing like the All-Star that he is. Just didn't have any help. The guy has no help around him. But the Clippers ended up winning game seven. They're going to move on to face the Jazz. But it was it was a fun weekend of basketball. Yeah, overall, it was definitely a fun week. The second round kind of opened up for us, in the, at least in the Eastern Conference. So that was good to see. Um, we'll get into those two games, well, into those two series. So I'm looking forward to that, of course. Now we got the, the West finally done. Mm-hmm. I want to just throw that out there. You know, I didn't even write it, you know, in our rundown, but I just want to throw it out there. You know, Trey Young, he's still in the playoffs. Ooh-wee. You know, and Luca. You know, he's at the crib. I just (laughs) wanted to throw that out there. That's, you know, I I thought about you yesterday for sure. You know, I'm watching, I'm watching Trey. I'm like, look at Trey. He's at it again. And then I saw Luca earlier. Oh, didn't have any help, but I feel like he kind of ran out of gas. You know, also, I kind of feel like he ran out of gas a little bit. He put a lot on himself in the first half of these games and he didn't produce a lot in the second half of those uh, last two games. Yeah, he the problem, I think, with the Mavericks and we we can talk about it now. It's because he just doesn't have any help. And he's got Hardaway, who's who's good. I like Hardaway and Hardaway's a Me solid too. role player. But the second guy on that team is supposed to be Porzingis. Yep. And that guy does nothing. It does nothing. And we had we had this discussion under what NBA Twitter is talking about, because it came out today that he talked about how he just doesn't feel like he's involved in the offense. He feels doesn't feel like a co-star next to Luca, which it's like, dude, you, you got to play better. He He's not playing very well. He's not a very assertive player. Now, I don't know if that's the type of offense that they run or not, but it's not like he doesn't get his chances. He gets his chances shooting three-point shots. He gets his chances with the ball. He gets his chances when Luca is sitting on the bench. And he's in, does, he just doesn't do anything. He I just he's not a good player anymore, I don't think. He's okay. He's a solid role player at this point. But is he a star? Is he the guy that you pay $15, $20 million a year for? I, I, I don't think so. Wow. We we just starting off just boom, hot take right now. Just dropping it. Whoosh. Yeah, new week. I, I'm ready. <laughs> I am I am upset. And again, this is I, I did bet the Mavericks a couple times in this series. And it's it just watching Kristaps play and and what he did and you look at 
you look at the series that he had against the Clippers, three, three games, Zach, he scored under double digit points. Three games. If you're the number two guy on that team, how are you scoring single digit points in the whole? He played 30 minutes in game three, 33 minutes. He scored nine points, nine points in 33 minutes. Yeah, I think I even bet that game. I think I even bet it for him to score over 15 points. So I think I called it quits in terms of betting for that series after that game. So, I under, yeah, that that was definitely frustrating to see. But something that we got to talk about, what's the best what's the best ability you can have as an athlete? Best ability you can have as an athlete, amateur, professional, doesn't matter. What's the best ability you can have? Availability. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Being available. And I think for him not being as available as the Mavericks probably would have hoped throughout this season and then trying to come back and he's not probably 100%. And, you know, that I think what he said, Porzingis, in terms of the offense, I think he's right. I don't think he uh, he's coached. I don't think the offense is predicated for him and Luka to both, you know, navigate the offense together. I think the ball is in the hands of Luka Doncic quite often. And when Luka doesn't have the ball on offense, he kind of just sits. You know, he doesn't move around that, that often when he doesn't have the ball. And so, yes, he does have opportunities, Porzingis, when Luka's on the bench. But what are those opportunities like? Is it a situation where Porzingis can really, you know, dominate and be like, you know, down low? Or is he in a situation where he has to constantly catch and shoot? Which is what I saw a lot in that Clippers series where he was always kind of in a situation where he had to kind of just catch and shoot, pick and pop situation, which in this which in this case is good for him because that's the type of player he is. But I feel like you can move around Porzingis and put him in different scenarios. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Now, maybe the offense is not up to par with his abilities and it's not tailored around what he can do. But I, I just I was very disappointed in the way that he played. And it sounds like you're still on Team Porzingis a little yeah, bit. Just a still- little bit. Yeah. So I know, I, I know injuries is big, you know, injuries is big. And I know that's been huge for him with his knees. Like that's been like the main reasons why we haven't seen the Porzingis we saw when he got booed in New York and then they turned around and loved him like a month later. Right. So, you know, I think the health is is key with Porzingis, but, you know, you only can you get three more years on that contract to really see. And I don't think they're going to trade him either. Yeah, I, I mean, you could certainly make the argument that the Mavericks and, and Rick Carlisle just don't know what to do with him because, I mean, you look at his rebounding. He only had one double-digit rebounding game yeah, like in the that. whole series, and it was game seven. He had 10 rebounds in game seven. So not only is he not taking a ton of three-point shots or making three-point shots, but he's not rebounding. So it's like if he's not playing as a big man, he's not playing as a stretch four, yep. what, what is, what's the point? Well, why is he in the game? Why is he starting in this basketball game? So – Maybe it's the Mavs just don't know what to do with him. And if he changes scenery and goes to a different team, maybe he figures it out and hopefully remains uninjured and he's able to to play like the old Kristaps. But it's clearly not working in Dallas with him and Luka and maybe him and Luka just don't work well together. But it doesn't seem like the Mavericks know what to do with him and he doesn't really know how to how to work in that offense. And it's clearly not working because the thing with the Mavericks is they win this series if either a Kristaps plays like normal Kristaps and not even all-star level, but a guy who can score 15 to 20 points a game, if he does that, the Mavs win the series. Or if someone else is in his spot as a better number two or is a better option for number two, that's next to Luca, 
Tim. I mean, the Mavs are in. The Mavs are in the second round right now. Mm-hmm. Tim Hardaway. I think a lot of people wanted Tim Hardaway to play better, especially mm-hmm. in that game seven. Particularly, they wanted him to play a lot better. I didn't think he shot well, but I don't think he shot well in game six either. But see, the thing is, during this series, it, it went seven games. So it was like there was some help along the way. Like there was some perform- like there were some key shots made for it to get to seven games being a Dallas Mavericks. Like they won the first two games on the road. Tim Hardaway played well in both of those games, if I call, if I recall correct. They go they they go back home and lose two. Then they take game five and go up, have opportunity to win game six and fall short. Game seven, you gotta bring it. Everybody just didn't show up for that game seven. Like Tim Hardaway didn't show up. You needed a better Porzingis. You needed a better guy. You needed better plays throughout the game from Jalen Brunson or whoever the case may have been from the Mavericks to allow a third quarter run the way that they had. I think believe they went on like an 18 to two or 20 to two run in the third quarter to really kind of put themselves in position to kind of just take the game away. Yeah. They Hardaway. I don't know if I'm ready to be convinced that he's the best number two option available. He may be. He may be for the I Mavericks think, right now. You, you kind of have to say yes. Yeah, it's it's almost with the way Kristaps is playing and with the way Tim Hardaway is playing and and the ability that he has to stretch the floor as a, as a shooter. I mean, he's he's clearly the number two guy in the Mavericks at the moment. And and maybe mm-hmm. they would be a better team if he was a number three because he's a very strong number three and I think a little bit of a weak number two with just his limitations, but. We may see a better Tim Hardaway next season because of what we saw in the playoffs this season. So we'll have to see. And I think the Mavs are on a good route. They're on a good course with with a young Luka. You're always going to be in it. So I don't think it's, it's time for the Mavs to to really throw their hands up and and give up right now, especially when you have Luka, you are, you're always going to be in the playoff situation. Let's go to the Bucks, the series that everyone was anticipating Zach with the Bucks and the Nets. And we saw game one Mm -hmm. and man, oh man. Yeah, I mean, it looked like the Bucks may give the Nets a good run, especially when Harden went out. Went well, out yeah, in that case, yes. First minute within the game, Harden went out, and you're thinking, okay, maybe the Bucks can win game one here, four-point underdogs, maybe they can outright win it. And then the second half happened, and what we've seen the Nets do all season in the second half, they, they can blow teams out. And the shooting just overwhelmed the, the Bucks. They shot six for 30, Milwaukee did, from three which obviously hurt them, and they lose 115 to 107. Now, does this type of game, does this change the way you see the series? Is this series now completely the Nets are going to win this for you, or do you still see a chance for Milwaukee to to make something of this series? Well, I don't expect the Bucks to go out and shoot six for 30 yes. throughout the series. Like, you know, I don't expect that again, yep. especially if you have six threes and two of them come from Giannis. Yeah, yeah no, I don't think good. that's yeah, I don't that that's not yeah. a very good situation. So I don't think that'll happen again. Chris Middleton can't go six for twenty three, oh for five from three. Mm-hmm. You, this is like you can't do that. I know, but see that's the struggle of playing the Brooklyn Nets. You gotta pick a side. You gotta pick a poison. Like what are you gonna do? You're gonna try to limit Kyrie and limit you know Kevin Durant because that's what him and Bobby Portis and you know. uh Pat Cottington or whoever it is out on the perimeter, they're even Giannis doing whatever they can to contain those two on offense. And so when you have to, you know, really try to lock up defensively, that can be, you know, detrimental offensively on your end. And I think we saw that from Chris Middleton, you know, in game one. Now Giannis played well 
you know, Giannis did play well offensively. Got to make sure he's knocking down those free throws as always. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're knocking down the free throws. I think the <laughs> the bench mob. I think Bobby Portis. You know, I think he'll do right. I think he'll play well. And then Brendan Forbes will be able to shoot better. But you know why the Nets won that game? Why? Blake Griffin. Wow. Blake Griffin is the reason why the Brooklyn Nets won game one. And for that very reason, Blake Griffin can no longer step foot in the city of Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) He scammed them all. He scammed them all. I'm pretty confident he can no longer go back to the city of Detroit. Trick, trick, the guy who has a little say-so in that city, (laughs) he's not going to allow Blake Griffin to step foot in the city of Detroit again because there's no way he should be playing that well and diving on the ball or diving on the floor for loose balls and and just being this energy for the Brooklyn Nets that we did not see during his time in a Detroit Piston uniform after that first year. Yeah, when you talk about best midseason pickups, it was probably Derrick Rose for the Knicks. And then you would have to probably say Blake Griffin for the state of New York. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're doing some great jobs, midseason pickups. But Blake has been great. He's been a great asset to them. And it certainly doesn't hurt the Nets that Middleton is doing his classic Chris Middleton playoff thing where he just plays poorly, his version of playoff P. He just fades away in the playoffs. And I don't think the Bucs are going to shoot six for 30 again. I think they're a good enough team that they bounce back for something. And and tonight's game, I think, has ended up as a pick'em. So you, you can see that even betters and bookmakers think that the Bucs are going to be able to bounce back and no James Harden. So we may see a Bucs bounce back game tonight. Um, but the Nets just, it's hard. It's hard, especially when the Bucs don't have Dante DiVincenzo for his defense on the other side. Yeah. So we'll have to see how Harden is affected by by his injury and if that affects the series at all, because they are a very different team when Harden plays. But if he's out, it's going to be tough for the Nets in the long run. It'll be tough for the Nets in the long run, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this. I didn't really have the Bucks winning more than a game in this series with the Nets at full strength. So with James Harden, Kyrie, and KD, alongside with this new Blake Griffin we see out here, <laughs> I didn't expect I didn't expect the Bucks to win more than a game. You know, yeah. I didn't see gentlemen sweep, to be honest with you. And so now I believe they really got a chance to kind of win this series, push it to six or seven games. They just have to shoot way better than what they did in game one, which, like you said, and I agree, I believe they will. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I think they're a good enough three-point shooting team where they will do that. They all, the pace of the game, too, has to change for the Bucks because they played to the pace of the Nets in the last game. They played a lot of one-on-one ball. They played uh, Chris Middleton. a lot. Yeah, Chris Middleton was playing a lot of one-on-one, which that's not how the Bucks play. The Bucks play a, a, a live offensive system that, that lives and breathes and it moves around with the, with what the defense is giving them. The Nets, they're fine. They're fine playing one-on-one. They, they don't mind playing transition, one-on-one basketball. They have the guys that can beat you one-on-one. <laughs> yes, they do. So the do. Bucks <laughs> need to control the pace in game two. That is a, crucial for them to get the win. 76ers and the Hawks. The series, Sixers may be in trouble. Yeah, they may be in trouble, but it's, I think, one of the more underrated <laughs> series that we're going to have in the past couple of years because it looks fun. The teams look like they hate each other. I think, All right. <laughs> I, I honestly think it's something with Trey Young where the teams – who played Trey Young just gets so annoyed with him that they ought, they just hate him. They hate him. They hate his trash talk. They hate that they can't guard him. And then he trash talks them and they still can't guard him. And <laughs> as, as someone who was betting the Knicks in the last series, hated Trey Young, hated watching Trey Young beat the Knicks. But now 
I want the Hawks to win this series. So it's great. I love it. There you go. (laughs) I'm all on team Trey now. It's great. I love it. (laughs) I see where you're coming from now, Zach. Real round of applause, ladies and gentlemen, for the podcast, for being here. Look at that. Just coming around. Like, that's that's what you like to see. You just love, you love to hear it. Because Trey Young has been balling, man. And he's been balling since he stepped foot in the league. And he's just studied putting on performance after performance, rising to they are playing the number one seed in the East, Philadelphia 76ers. But we don't know what we're going to get from Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid has a torn meniscus, so we don't know the, the, the health of him. And he goes out and drops, what, like 39 points with a double-double. Has a great performance. I was so surprised by Joel Embiid because of the health situation, right? We like we just never really know. Like We've been trusting the process with him for quite some time now. But with all that we got from Joel Embiid, did not matter because of Ice Trader gang. <laughs> Trey Young all put it. on quite the performance. He had like 25 in the first half. He finished with like 35. Great performance from uh, Clint Capella alongside John Collins. And I just... Man, it's you kind of just cry on the inside when you see Bogdanovich do something well for the Hawks because of what he could have been to the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> they have got to be hurting seeing what he is doing in Milwaukee or seeing what he's doing in Atlanta because oh, in Milwaukee he would have been such a big pivotal part of that team who shot six for 30 from three-point land and then you see what Bogdanovich <laughs> does and He's hitting these clutch threes down the stretch and just big time shot, man. It's just like, yeah, he's doing the shush. He's shushing the crowd. Who would have thought that Bogdan would be shushing the crowd? Um, so it's he's been fun to watch, and I'm sure the the Bucks are sad they weren't able to get him. But the Hawks, he fits well with Trey, and they've built a team around him. And this is, you know, you can compare Trey and Doncic, but with Doncic. He doesn't have the team that that Trey has, I think, around him. Trey has a lot of good veteran players, players that have a specific role, and the offense is catered around those specific roles. And I think that's very important to understand why the Hawks are so good and why they were able to beat the Knicks and why it was difficult for the Knicks to knock them off their game is because it's a very systematic approach to have an offense, even with Trey Young improvising and everything like that. Trey Young is is knows that he attracts the defense. And he knows that when they collapse on him, he's having a Bogdanovich available to hit a three. He has a herder available to hit a three. He has Clint Capella underneath if he wants a lob. So he has three or four different options when he gets in the lane, which Trey Young can always get inside of the lane, much like Luca. But Trey has those options available to him and he uses them perfectly. And that's I mean, that's why the Hawks are so hard to defend is Howard is almost pick your poison at this point. You know, who who do you want? to hit you most. And you can double team Trey. You can double Trey. You could be more aggressive with him. <laughs> and and teams have tried before, but he's just so good at getting space. He's so good at, at creating his own shot and creating shots for his teammates that like it, he's it's he's reaching the point where you just it's impossible to guard him. You're not gonna be able to stop him. Definitely has the ability to draw contact and they hate that right now. Oh my goodness, they hate the way Trey Young creates the oh, contact, yeah. especially from like yeah. like from behind where he does the little stop yeah. and, and you know the yeah. defender and all that momentum. He just kind of pushes and he kind of adds a little flop to it. That's two free throws and sometimes a three-point play because he's so good at the floater. 
and his ability to attack and just fly and kick click Capello or John Collins for the alley-oop. You just love to see it. And it just gives the, the team that energy that you want to see. And you're right, Lou Williams comes in, does his job. You know, just six men, as always, right? Uh, Kevin Huter, you know, the red velvet. That's what they call him, red velvet. Yeah. Silky smooth, knocking down a three-point shot, right? So, I mean, that's just what you need now on that Dallas, on that Dallas take. I got to say this, though. They probably shouldn't have got rid of Seth Curry. They yep. grabbed Josh Richardson thinking it was an upgrade because of the three and D, right? He just didn't perform well. Didn't perform well. Nope. Dorian Finney-Smith, he played okay, could have played better. Now, I think the biggest issue is because the other key, the other guys – like, you know, the ones we mentioned, obviously, Tim Hardaway, Jalen Brunson, uh, even Boban, right? Let's throw, we can even throw Maganovich in there, too, you know. But I think the biggest issue with Dallas is that they didn't get the stardom they were looking for from KP. Mm-hmm. I think when that's all said and done, I think it just boils down to that. Because when it's playoff basketball, you're going to be locked in on a star player. So when you're locked in on a star player, it's up to number two to step up and the other guys elevate their game. I think that the key players for Dallas, obviously Luka and KP, could have did better in the second half of each games. The role players, the ones we've already spoken about, they didn't do a good job late on the road in this series as they did early on, you know, in this series, winning those first two games. You know, they came out hot and ready the first two winning those games on the road. Mm-hmm. But after that, they kind of simmered down and it, it kind of changed. And I got to give credit to Tyron Lue and defensive adjustments over there, too. But Ice Trey getting it done. He's in the playoffs. Look at the crib. He got to watch. That's that's true. There's no arguing there. It's it's going to be. <laughs> I think this is going to be a really fun series. 76ers and the mm-hmm. Hawks. Ben Simmons is going to have to work on those free throws, man. He's going to have to start getting in the gym every day, I saw every that night. Too. Yes. Shooting free he was throws. Seven for seven. Yeah. He the dude's going to be fouled. Seven for seven from the field. But free throw line, you got to do a way better job. Just shoot a jumper. Just shoot the <laughs> mid range. Just show it. Just show it because it's going to get to a point in that series where it's just going to look like four on five on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. They're going to force him. You have to shoot. They're going to force him to shoot the ball. Yeah, and they should. And credit Nate McMillan. He's got whatever the strategy Nate has been doing, it has been working against the Knicks so far against the 76ers. He knows what he's doing. Playoff Nate and, and what people saw with the Pacers is a little different now. He's He seemed to have learned a, a bit, and he seemed to be preparing his team to, to play a really good 76ers team. Um, Let's see, some others—let's let's do Clippers Jazz because that starts on Tuesday— Yep. Um, and we could talk a little bit about it because I wish I they do... both could lose, but you know, <laughs> you, you just hate both teams. I know you hate both teams. I I think the Jazz are going to. I don't want to. I don't oh, want to say dominate. Hey, 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 hey. Kawhi uh-huh. Leonard. I don't. What you just say? What did you just say last week? No, uh, I, I, I'm gonna stop right there. You just said that Kawhi, Kawhi different. He is. Now, I, now, I know Utah Jazz can shoot, but Kawhi Leonard right now, so who you taking, Donovan Mitchell or Kawhi Leonard? That's basically what this is about to boil don't down do to that. right now. No, don't do take. that for That's me. what it's about. That's no, basically what you're telling me right now. I'm I'm going, it's it's the Jazz against Kawhi Leonard is what I'm taking. Okay. Because I Kawhi is going to get his. He's mm-hmm. You're not stopping him from getting 30. You're just not. The Jazz aren't going to be able to. 
is Paul George going to be able to do anything? Well, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> you don't know with the guy. You, you don't know what he's going to bring each night. He may bring 25. He may bring 15. You just don't know. Reggie Jackson, what is he going to bring? Is he going to stay hot from downtown? Maybe that's they're going to need that's him so to. Random. That is but, so random. Uh, it's, it's insane how like good he's gotten in the past series. But the thing is, is with the Jazz, is they beat you over the head with their three-point shots. They're going to score 15 15 to 23s, probably in a game. And we saw the Clippers score 20 in game seven. They hit 23s in game seven. So it's possible for the Clippers to keep up, maybe. But the Jazz just pounded on you from three. And not only that, you have to worry about Donovan Mitchell. You have to worry about Gobert down low. I mean, who's guarding Gobert? Who, who's, you know who's, who's getting past Gobert? Mm. Zubach? The loaf of bread oh, that, man, is, that is Zubach? <laughs> who's, who's a net negative to the team? He's not going to do that. So oh, I, I don't okay. know. I, I think I want to say Jazz gentlemen sweep on this one because I don't want to say Jazz sweep. I, I think the Clippers can maybe steal one. Oh, Ooh, but no I really faith want in the Clippers. Only no. one game? No faith. No faith. Well, I think they beat, they beat a Mavericks team that couldn't shoot. They beat a Mavericks team that was one player in Luka Doncic. I think they are going to find out how tough of the Jazz are really are in this series. And I, I would be shocked. And I'll, and I'll sit here on this podcast and if – if they win three games and make it a seven-game series, even win the series, I'll come back on this podcast, apologize to everyone, apologize to you. But I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. I think the Jazz really are going to dominate this series. Dominate the series? Dominate. Ooh-wee. Man, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, if you're listening, <laughs> I just want to apologize on his behalf because I can, I believe you guys can not only win the series, wow. but at bare minimum win at least two games. Now, the Rudy Gobert is that is big. That's the big question right there. Who's going to stop Rudy Gobert? Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. This is the series where he got to show me he worth 200 million dollars. He has to show me because this is the series where he can just be the most dominant player on the floor in terms of on the glass, on offense and on defense in terms of just being able to just call for the ball and just get a basket around the perimeter to be able to pick and roll and roll hard to the rim and get those alley-oops from Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, or whoever it may be, just to be able to dominate the paint and command attention on both ends of the floor. Like if he can do that, then all right, you, you can show me something. But other than that, if you're going to be a 15 and 15, I don't think that's going to be enough for a team like this. Now, you may think so, but that's only if they're going to shoot lights out. Now, you love this three right now, but listen, I done seen the Rockets miss 24 straight threes. So what you can't tell me is, is you can live by it, but you can also die by yeah. it. Too. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's going to be the Jazz problem. You know, if they're, all, if they're off one night, they're done. And we saw that when they did not have Mitchell, they yeah, first were game. off. Mm-hmm. because they struggled to get the spacing that they needed on the perimeter to get good three-point shots. With Donovan, it changes the whole game because it allows him to maneuver inside and the defense has to respect his ability in the paint, so they collapse a bit. And it opens up a whole world of open shots on the perimeter, and that's when the Jazz take advantage. So we'll have to see how the Clippers do that because they struggled a bit with Luka and Hardaway, and they would they would try to maybe double Luka off a screen and they would leave a guy open, and Dallas would just swing the ball around the perimeter to an open guy. So we'll have to see how disciplined this Clippers defense can be against a a Jazz team that will just eat you up with passes around the perimeter and finding the open guy. I mean, that is what they're good at. That's why they've won so many games. 
So if the Clippers can stay can stay good on defense and they can stay disciplined and hold their ground and not overplay in a double team or, or overplay in a drive, they may be okay. But it's you know it's easier said than done for them. Yes. However, I think they match up well on a perimeter defensively when it comes to a team like the Utah Jazz. Think about it. You got Paul, you got Paul George. He's at least six foot ten, long arms. You got Kawhi Leonard. He's the claw, right? Huge hands, long arms. They're going to be able to kind of close in on that paint situation and kind of force Donovan Mitchell to shoot more threes, which he's improved on year by year. Not denying that. In that mid-range, you're going to be able to shoot that ball off that dribble. So he's going to be able to work from those two areas because as far as just attacking and driving to the rim and kicking out, I don't know if those type of players are going to always be there consistently throughout this series because of that perimeter defense from Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I think with Donovan only being like 6-1, I think from that perimeter standpoint, you know, it could be at an advantage at points throughout this series for the Clippers. Yeah, we'll have to see. I think it's going to be a very fun series, uh, even if I think the Jazz are going to dominate. I do yes. think it'd still be a fun series. And we'll and see Kawhi. Dominate. That's so crazy. Yeah, you ain't got no faith in Kawhi. And what did he no. just show you? What did he just show you? I have you? faith. The thing is, I have faith in Kawhi. I don't have faith in everyone else around Kawhi. Else. <laughs> and that's the, that's the problem. I don't have faith in anyone else around Kawhi. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe he, maybe he'll elevate the play of his, of his teammates, as we've seen sometimes. And Paul George, maybe he'll step up and have a huge game. 23 points, you know, per game last series. I yeah. Mean, it was not too bad. You know, it wasn't 28 or nothing, but 23, that's pretty solid from Paul George. <laughs> you know, it's been pandemic P for – you know, the last two years, and it wasn't even a pandemic two years ago. Yeah, no, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not lived up to pandemic P yet. Yeah, you know. He's been pretty good. I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him his props for that. Um, Nuggets Suns. Ooh-wee. My personal favorite series. I think so, too. I think it's going to be fun. You, I mean, what's not to love? Chris Paul, you got well, the MVP in Jokic. Yep. Jokic versus Aiton, who Jokic has said is, the guy he struggles with the most or who plays him the best. Um, we're seeing the young Devin Booker finally kind of almost like realizing his his ceiling and being incredible. Well, he's often. always been a great scorer. You know, he's just – Chris Paul, it's – it's no, let's just call it what it is. It's CP. It's all okay, CP. I don't know why everybody want to act like they don't want to just call a spade a spade. It is what it is. We've seen Devin Booker in this league – since he's been in this league, go out and get buckets. I saw a tweet that's going to warm your heart. Someone said they're just waiting on Zach Levine to have his moment. <laughs> and I just got excited just like that. And I got excited for you. They're just waiting on Zach Levine to have his moment. And so what, what the, the question is, is I, I want to see Devin Booker succeed and, and I think he's a fun player and it, it very clearly helps to for him to play well with for the NBA because he's he's going to be the star in this series other than Jokic it's going to be Jokic versus Booker and we're going to see the matchups of Jokic versus Aiton but it's really for point scoring it's going to come down to Jokic versus Booker now can Booker do that this is going to be a big series for him this is going to be the first second round series he's played in so will he be able to step up? I think he will. I, I don't think he's yeah, shown any. I don't think he's shown any reason why he wouldn't. But we'll have to see if he's able to step up and if Chris Paul can stay healthy. 
that's the key because you know obviously he's got the the uh, arm and the shoulder so that's kind of lingering and but he played well in that last game though and he kind of carried them in that fourth quarter against the Lakers so you know I'm excited to really see what he's gonna do against that team you know over there with all those little guards that that, that fast guard I want to botch his name I don't know how to say his name you always <laughs> say it for me but uh, him and then Monte Morris and then oh we one of those guards Marcus Howard. Do you remember him from college? A little bit, yeah. From um, Marquette. Marquette. He used to light it up. Yeah. And there were moments in the game in that first-round series against the Blazers where he was making some key shots, some pivotal shots in that game. Yeah, Compazzo. That's that's the boy. Compazzo, yeah. That's my boy, He's so fast. (laughs) The guy is a dart. He he loves just darting up and back. So, I mean, I think those are the big questions, right, is – how will CP3's health be? Will Jokic be able to be the same type of Jokic playing against DeAndre Ayton? Um, and, and then I put a couple questions, right? What? MPJ too? Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean that's he's the he's the whole wild card for the Nuggets because if the Nuggets want to get to the title game, if they want to get to the championship, if they want to play in the finals, Michael Porter Jr. has to play his best, and he he is kind of that ace in the ace in their sleeve wild card guy because a mm-hmm. like. He's the guy that they that teams can't really plan around because they don't know how he's going to play. They don't know what he's going to bring. They don't know, like, his involvement in the game plan. But then if the Nuggets use him well, I mean, he's the second-best player after Jokic on the Nuggets. Easy. And he can hit it from downtown wherever. He's good at penetrating. I just, like, I need someone to go to Denver who knows basketball and just – teach Michael Porter Jr. about the game of basketball because <laughs> I do not think his IQ is terribly high. Um, I still think because he spent what a year, he spent a year in college. He played four games, five games. You know, he didn't play a ton of games in college because he, he got hurt. Me at Missouri, yeah. The back, so, did he yeah. have back surgery? And so he has the ability and he has the NBA frame and he has the NBA talent. But if he starts becoming a smarter player, that's when he will go into the upper echelon of NBA players. That's when he can be a top 50 NBA mm-hmm. player. Because he, he knows how to score. I mean, we just yep. see that right there, right? And a lot of people used to say that about Zach Levine, too. Like, he can go out there and score, but what else can yep. he do as a basketball player? Like, can he cut? Can he defend? Can he call out Can he call out defensive strategies on the fly? Like, what, like what can he do other than go out, windmill, make a couple threes, and whatever the case may be? And, that, and for MPJ, it's really the defense, you know, locking in defense. Oh, yeah. You know, the awareness of it, you know, defensively, you know, being locked in, locating your man, locating, like, locating the cutter, locating the pick, calling out the pick and roll, you know, helping out Aaron Gordon, helping out Jokic, call that stuff out. You know, so and even uh, at times when he's in the game with Austin Rivers, you know, being and Damian Lillard, they were getting lit up because, you know, not being able to call out that screen effectively. Yeah. And that's the thing is defensively, he really needs to work on his defensive IQ. It's just you can't as long as he can score whenever he can't be given baskets up whenever. He yeah. Can't, you know, and I, he that, happened, that, out. that happened in the game. Yeah. He shot a three, gave down, gave up a three. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really has to improve defensively because again, he has the frame to be a really good defender. Six ten, He's got a seven foot wingspan. The guy is massive and he just can't play defense for the life of him. He's slow. He's flat footed. He doesn't know where to be on the court in certain matchups. That's tough. And, and you said the cutting too. The thing that's so good about Jokic and that Aaron Gordon, like recognized immediately 
was Jokic has the ball. If he's doubled in the post, you cut. Aaron Gordon's got wide open space to cut to the basket. And I don't think Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, and and, and (laughs) Porter Jr. maybe can stay on the perimeter and and he can get the defender. And we saw that in game six when the Nuggets won, um, where Porter Jr. was just sitting on the perimeter. And Jokic found him with that insane pass, and it was perfect. But before that, Aaron Gordon, like, took a second, and then he cut in because no one else was cutting in, and Jokic was being doubled. I mean, that is his strength as he gets the defensive attention. And then you have the big bodies like Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. cut in and find a basket. So maybe we'll see that more from Denver. They're going to need all hands on deck for this game. All hands on deck because Phoenix is balanced. (laughs) They're going to have to figure out how to deal with Cameron Payne. I (laughs) Yeah, and that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that that has to be a thing, and that's ridiculous. Do you think, like, Michael Malone is in the film room saying, all right, here's Cam- here's film on Cameron Payne because we're going to have to study Cameron Payne's film. Yep. Left hand, cricket shot, gets Stupid. it gets it going, a little microwave out there, especially from that first series. And my Absolutely. boys being loves to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely stupid. Uh, let's keep going because we had an overreaction that came true-ish. Because we two weeks ago you said, is it an overreaction to say the Lakers will be bounced out of the first round? Guess what? It wasn't over. It was not an overreaction. It wasn't, but it's sad. It's no LeBron, sad. no LeBron, no Steph in we, the playoffs for the first time right in eleven years. <laughs> You want to let it right out? Now. You want to? <laughs> we can just, you can cry about Luca. I can cry about LeBron. We could just, we could just yeah. play the, you know, just play the sad music in the background, and we could just get the tears going. No, no, it's serious. Like- you know, it, the team was hurt. Role players played terrible. They looked like rec league players, like I said all year. Yeah. You know, nothing really changed with them. Brian wasn't fully healthy. And, but I didn't like how he I didn't just like I didn't like his effort, honestly, you know, in that, you know, late in that series. So, you know, you be it's up to you to judge, you know. But personally for me, I think he could have played better. I don't 36, yeah. But I've seen you do some miraculous stuff at 36. So, you know, I had I had a lot of uh expectations, high expectations for Brian. They fell short. So it was not an overreaction that they did lose, but I was hurt by that. It was tough. Yeah, first time in 11 years. No Steph, no LeBron. Um, new age. Players are players are dominating. The the younger guys are, are really making do, and they're playing well. Uh-huh. And we're seeing the new generation move up, and we're seeing what they're doing. Yeah, but Devin, yes, Devin, Devin is Devin. And, he, and Brian congratulated Devin Booker after the game, and he performed – incredible especially that last game oh my god he was trying to end it like this is it this is it and there's no more games first half he put on a show and jay crowders he's trolling lebron so that was crazy but you know devin's gonna be good in this series against the nuggets but if i had to pick denver or phoenix i'm gonna go with my boy chris paul just for the one yeah. time, for the one time. Perfect I, transition. I hate, to, let, I hate to see the MVP uh, lose, but I got to go with Chris. All right, so let's do our series predictions then. Um, so you have the Nuggets, or excuse me, the Suns. You have the Suns winning. How many games? Oh, the Suns? Oh, it'll go seven. You think it'll go seven? I like seven, yeah. And because the seventh game is in Phoenix, I'm taking Phoenix. Oof, this is tough. I want to. I want to say this. The Nuggets win. I just 
I don't know how healthy CP3 is, but he has been playing really well, and the, and the Suns are very balanced. I'll say Suns in seven too. I'll I'll jump on that with you. I'll do okay. Suns in seven. So we, we can both be on the Suns and Seven train and, and hope that that goes. I mean, I'm if I'm wrong, I'm going to be happy because the Nuggets are going to win the series, hopefully, if I'm wrong. So I'll be happy either way. Jazz right. Clippers, Jazz in five. Jazz, you are crazy. Jazz in five. <laughs> jazz Bro, in five. Jazz it's going to happen. Jazz in that's five. That's so hot. That's that's so hot. You only giving Kawhi one game. Giving Kawhi but that's one okay. Game. I think the Jazz ultimately lose this series. They lose the series. In, in an upset. Whoa. And it goes seven. Clippers win it in seven. I think them not seeing the Lakers, so they don't have to worry about it. They're going to be L.A. This is all L.A. has right now. I don't think the Kings, as far as hockey goes, I don't think they're in playoffs right now. <laughs> so L.A. got to ride with something. With the Dodgers, you know, it's, it's early. It's only June. You know, it's a lot of baseball left. It can go either way. But the Clippers right now, that's what's hot in L.A. They just won. They're trying to make it out the semifinals and make it to the conference finals for the first time. Okay? They're going to try to do it. I think they can do it. I think Pandemic Peak is out of there. I don't think we're going to see it anymore. If you can, you can get 23 out of him every night and play good defense, I think they're going to be in a good position. I really do. Terrence Mann, that's a good player now. He definitely played well down the stretch in that last series. Morris just got to play more consistent. I think they can key in and lock in on those def- on those uh, three-point shots around the perimeter. I think they can do it. I think they can close out on Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles. I, those look, both of those guys look like janitors out there. Okay, they don't even they don't even look fast. Yeah. They, I know Jeff Van Gundy said what he said about Luger. Just because he white don't mean he ain't athletic. But listen. He doesn't have so, quickness. <laughs> don't let his whiteness take away from his quickness, Zach. But I don't think Joe Eagles and Bogdanovich can pump fake and beat those guys off the dribble. So I think they'll right. the job closing those guys out. I was trying to look. Serge Ibaka, him coming back would be big. Yes, it will. For the Clippers. But, I mean, he was he was doubtful for game seven. So I'm not sure how close he is to getting healthy. Mm-hmm. But he would obviously be a very big piece for the Clippers if he were to come back, just be, yes. I mean, because of everything that he can do. So if he does come back, I may, I may have to reassess Jazz in five. But we'll have to see. Okay. Um, two more. All right. So we got Philly and the Hawks. Um, right now, we obviously have the Hawks up one nothing. Um, where do you see this series going? Oh, Hawks. I'm taking the Hawks. I don't know if Ben Simmons will be healthy. I mean, not Ben Simmons. I don't know if Joel Embiid will be healthy throughout this whole series. And so my pick is predicated on the health of him and how well Ben Simmons plays. If Ben Simmons goes seven for seven and has 14 to 17 points, but he's three for eight from the free throw line, that's just not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. And if you're not, and if you don't find an answer, to stop Trey Young, then it's really going to be over. And I think they will. I think they'll stretch the series. I don't think it'll just be Atlanta by Breeze. I think I'll take Atlanta six or seven, probably six, though, you know, because I think at some point at home, Philly will have a bad shooting night again. You know, I don't think, um, you know, like game one, so probably like game five, I think they struggle. I think they struggle game five and they lose that one, then lose, then lose again. I definitely think the, the, uh, 
76ers can get a couple of games. I mean, they look good in the second half. They came back. They so did. They did a lot better. They were down they have, Yeah. You know, they have the ability to come back. So I think Hawks in six. I'm going to say Hawks in six. I think the Hawks do win this series. And that's going to be a, a time down the road, but we're going to have to maybe talk about an Eastern Conference Finals Atlanta Hawks team. Hey, oh, yeah. I was telling my friends, you know, you know, it's all predicated on Joel Embiid, but if he was going to be out for the series, oh, I was taking Hawks all day. Yeah. Hawks all I mean, day. What do we say at the beginning of the year? We were high on the Atlanta Hawks. We were going over on their win total. We were saying this team has the potential to be a really good playoff team. Yep. We spoke it into existence. Uh, finally, Bucks Nets. Nets up 1 0. Yes, they are. Is this a net sweep? It's not a net Nets sweep. In four? No, Nets oh, in oh six. heavens no. Nets and six. Nets and Nets and six. Nets and six. Nets and six, okay. Nets and six. I think Unfortunately, I I'm rooting for you. I'm still rooting for you, Giannis, but I just don't know, man. Kevin Durant. I'll say this, though. Kevin Durant is not himself as as far as, like, the defensive side goes. Like, yeah. I'll say that, at least. He's not he's not himself. He's still working to get back to his elite self on the defensive side of the ball. He's still working on that. And, I, and it showed in that last series and a little bit throughout that first game in game one. So we'll see if he can tighten that up throughout this series and throughout the playoffs. So we both got Haw- – we, we both have Suns in seven. We have Hawks in six. I'll get on Nets in six as well. I have the Jazz in five, and you have the Clippers in seven. You're Very so different in that series. Yeah, you Very so different. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for this series. And that starts on Tuesday. So I'm excited. It's going to be a fun playoffs. It's definitely going to be a fun semifinals. You know, it's going to be high-level basketball. That Nets, uh, that Nets Bucks, that's going to be so intense throughout. I'm looking forward to that series the most, honestly. Really the Eastern Conference because, I, you know, Trey Young is lights out. I can't wait for that. We know what Kyrie does, offensive side of the ball, but Greek Freak trying to get over that hump and make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll see what happens. I don't have them winning the series, but we'll see. But that concludes this edition of the Points in the Paint podcast. We appreciate everyone for listening. Make sure you follow us on Points in the Paint. at Well, that's on Facebook. Make sure on Twitter you follow us at Points Paint. Follow Stadium for all your sports coverage. NBA, associate, NBA, all your sports news. You know who to go to. Shams, Sean Bombs, dropping them all the time. Catch Eddie and Felder presenting Trash and Treasure, their podcast. They come out every Thursday. Sharp lessons, dropping straight fire. All the good bets that you need to make you a couple dollars. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>